Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Roadkill, everybody. Geraldo Rivera here. This is my weekly podcast, Why Roadkill? Because they say the only thing in the middle of the road is roadkill. I am here to tell you that uh, even that you can survive, but I've adopted Roadkill as the name of uh, this podcast, a very special edition of the program this week. My guest, my lone guest, is the man who for many years, 1985 to 1993, during the time my uh, wife Erica was in high school here in Cleveland, he was the winning quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. He gave, uh, he gave the team and the town uh, a tremendous uh, shot in the arm, a terrific winner, Bernie Kozar, the author of Learning to Scramble, is the, is the guest. Delighted we'll talk about his, uh, his life and times and, the, uh, of course, the championship uh, ways he had at the University of Miami and also here at the, uh, at the Browns, at the Cleveland Browns. It's a wonderful uh, opportunity to talk to the one and only quarterback, Bernie Kozar. Roadkill with Geraldo Rivera. Quarterback number When Erica, my wife, was in Jaker High School, they used to sing the Bernie Kosar song in the hallways. Bernie Kosar, of course, the uh, the dominant quarterback in the National Football League in the second half of the decade of the 80s into the 90s. He was the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns from 1985 to 1993. I am delighted to say that he is my guest. I am delighted, Bernie Kosar, to finally uh, meet the legend uh, himself. Uh, you know, you, you stayed in the Cleveland area. Why? Well, first, it's an honor to be here today. And for the listeners out there, the library view here in Cleveland is spectacular. So thanks for being here. Thanks, thanks. And I'm looking out there, deer and the antelope play. But uh, uh, so, uh, and, it makes, and it makes that question so much easier to answer okay. of, of why to stay in Cleveland. Well said. To see such a beautiful scenery on somewhat of a colder day. And you now live on a farm where? I am in a farm in Manaway, and for the uh, younger listeners, they may not get this analogy, but I like to joke that I, from the old show uh, Green Acres, I'm the Eddie Albert of farming. I'm not, uh, 
I'm probably not the best at it, but I have a lot of the great to- toys and uh-huh. combines. So, so and you like like driving your tractor around. Wow. <laughs> My guest Bernie Kozar, who hails from Youngstown, uh, Ohio. So describe, uh, if you would, Bernie. I appreciate you being here so much. What was it like being a kid in in Youngstown? Where'd you go to high school? Uh, I went to Youngstown, a uh, boardman. And it's been kind of interesting and formative and almost timely when something uh, in this region has been going on for almost really decades now. And we're hearing about General Motors closing the Lordstown facility and the cruise car uh, is not really selling that good. I was been a, the manufacturing steel industry, car industry has really been a, a big influence in probably how I've grown up and matured and probably how the prism of how my eyes see things because in the late 70s, uh, the steel mills, U.S. Steel, closed down in Youngstown. My family coming over from Eastern, Eastern Europe after World War I, um, we were steel workers, all the family hourly steel workers, originally in Rochester, New York, then uh, eventually into Youngstown. But the mills all closed in the late 70s. All the jobs went away. Um, It was a tough time. Uh, I hope it doesn't get to that point again. I don't think it will. But there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of, I think, created a lot of discipline within me to know that on my own self, I'm going to have to really take it upon me to try to better myself because it's tough. It's a tough environment when there's not a lot of work around. I just want to go kind of in order and how you got to the University of Miami. Before I do, though, it is interesting, this empathy that you feel for the steelworkers in Lordstown. And now you have Rob Portman uh, and uh, Sherrod Brown, both uh, senators of Ohio, trying to intervene. But I wonder if they're trying to, you know, fight the arc of history. I mean, uh, if the car is not selling, it's not selling. The the arc of history um this later arc of it has been the, the discouraging arc. I hope that isn't the case. The last few decades to four or five decades, unfortunately, has proven us wrong and it has been the decline. And um, one of the great things about, I think, our country and about our area in particular is the resiliency and the, the family atmosphere and the will to work and the toughness. And that toughness is something that I'm really proud of that I like to think is something that's been instilled in me and that I'm trying to instill in the people around us to this day. I think it's fair to say that until the coming of LeBron James, uh, you know, from Akron and uh, being a high school grade and all the rest of it, you were the seminal figure. I mean, you follow Jim Brown, the legend, who a friend of mine who I love very much to this day. I've attended a Cleveland Browns game with him. Uh, but then it, it, it came to you, and you have a, that on your shoulders in a sense. Do you feel an obligation to Northeast Ohio in a sense? I, I, yes, I do is the short answer. But do I look at it as a, um, a stressful sense of obligation? Not particularly. Yeah, at times it is, especially being a father with four kids and at times want to, as you know, as a father also, uh, the individual focus your, uh, your children require and want and you want to give to them is sometimes challenging. Um, but at the end of the day, to be out and to be able to actually derive and, and get benefits and help people out, that, that ability to do that is something that's so fulfilling. And I would feel remiss if I didn't take advantage of trying to help people out um, when I have that opportunity to help. Do you wish you were more involved with the new Browns than you are, the new quote-unquote Browns than you are? Well, if you'd ask that question for sure, 
a couple years ago to a decade ago, absolutely it would have been yes. And from since the team's come back, I'm really proud of helping it get back. And uh, for various times, basically being part of it, maybe not as much as I would like. I think in the last, um, especially in the last few months, things ha have been um, picking up and our relationships and I think the ability to actually help has has increased, and I'm having fun in my increased role with the team. My guest is Bernie Kozar, the uh, the all pro quarterback who, from 1985 to 1993, guided the Cleveland Browns in their glory uh, era. Uh, you know, with great success, something they have not been able to uh, uh, to replicate in the uh, in the 2000s. But I'm delighted to have him on. So how'd you get to University of Miami, Bernie? Well, I'm chuckling as uh, as we're doing the interview here. You have uh, my book, Learning to Scramble. Learning to Scramble. And it's it's anybody who knows me knows that my my speed and athleticism isn't at the top tier of um, some of the other athletes. I was going to say that I didn't want to be unkind, but I don't remember you particularly as a scrambler. So uh, you're astutely correct. Well, well read, well said, but I didn't have that. Would you say big bird in a football uniform? Right? An awkward big bird. Absolutely. But the ability to uh, life's lessons that I learned from being blessed to grow up in a northeastern Ohio in a steel town that was going through some adversity, um, not being the most gifted athlete. Really, the only way I was going to go to college was to get a scholarship. There was absolutely no way we'd be able to afford paying um, a, a college education, which is how a lot of kids kind of get into that generational cycle uh, of being able to get uh, improve themselves. So back in the early 80s, there was a lot of, uh, it wasn't the wishbone, but I was tall, slow, and skinny. There wasn't many passing teams. I needed to go to a place that passed, and it was the uh, West Coast, California, and Stanford, and the three Florida schools, Florida State, Florida, and Miami, Howard Snellenberger, down at the University of Miami had uh, my, really my, my second father. I can't thank him enough, God, to bring him into my life. And from the moment I met him, I was enthralled with it, and it couldn't have been a better decision for the core fundamentals that he taught me, not only in football, but life's lessons is kind of the impetus for the book. Key play in the football game coming up here as Kosar goes back to throw. Bernie standing right in the middle, flushed out of the pocket, rolling right. Bernie going to try and run, now fires, pass is caught for a touchdown! Gerald McNeil has it in the end zone, and the Browns take the lead! Bernie Kosar, the old pro quarterback, who... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Guided the Cleveland Browns from 1985 to 1993. Uh, he had 12 great pro seasons. Uh, you know, after the nine uh, here in Cleveland, he went on to Dallas and uh, Miami, where he ended uh, his career. Why did you leave? Uh, why not end your career here in Cleveland, where, uh, uh, you know, obviously Northeast Ohio played such a big role in your life? Well, that, that was ultimately the plan. And in the Disney world, a lot of us like to live in, that would have been the goal, especially that year. It was such an interesting uh, event. And it's one of the things that significantly really shaped me uh, from – 
how I think I stand today and really help get me some of the, I think, resilience and persistence um, and trying to make the best out of bad situations. And if I could, as I kind of talk, if that's one of the themes that really resonates strong within me, and if I could maybe transfer that out to, to the listeners out there, that ability to take tough situations or perceived negative situations and find something positive in them and take something positive away from it. So, you know, I got, I got released. Uh, we were, the Browns were in first place about halfway through the 1993 season. Me and Bill Belichick uh, were having a rough time in our personal relationship, which bled over to our professional relationship. Was Belichick head coach then? Bill was head coach then, and he had been there for about two and a half years. We started out, and even and I have this ability, and I think Coach Belichick now for sure has this ability of we could have a business relationship and, and not always agree, and we could have a personal relationship and not always agree as long as we talk about it privately, and then when you go out, you're uh, you're on uh, in unison together. Well, that latter step was getting more challenging because I was versed and groomed in the ability from quarterbacks like. Howard Snellenberger, Don Shula, Jimmy Johnson, that they used to teach you that the quarterback's the ultimate last guy to call the play because he's at this line of scrimmage. He sees the safeties. He sees the Ronnie Lots. He sees the Mike Singletary's. He sees where they're lined up, how to correctly get you into the right play. In the early 90s, Bill Belichick came from a different type of system. He didn't believe in the quarterbacks changing all trained plays. So uh, philosophically, um, there was a disconnect there. And when I got on the field, because of my uh, lack of athleticism, I had to mentally be really on my game. I couldn't afford to give up plays, run bad plays. And that disconnect um, led to me getting released. Now, I, So you're saying that Belichick fired you because you were too much in control of the plays that you were executing? Right, right. And, and that's not, and that's not a, a negative to Bill because there is definitely more than one way to get to the promised land. There's more than one way to be successful. And just for me, though, it was challenging for me to do the athletic running the ball, getting outside the pocket type things because I'm physically just not capable of doing that. So that was a disconnect. And you could see the true genius and the true greatness in, in Coach Belichick because when you're in your 20s and 30s, he was in his 30s at that point, late 30s. I was in my kind of early 30s. Uh, and I'm sure you could probably relate to this. When you're in your 20s and 30s, we think we know everything. As we get to be 50, we realize we're evolving and still learning. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so the really great people, the successful people, I'm not trying to stroke you, but like yourself, you learn from our life's lessons, like in the book I'm trying to talk about, and we evolve and alter our game. Bill Belichick's one of the most genius people at building upon the foundation that he learned and he kept adding to it. So the offense and the type of teams that he runs today with um, Tom Brady is an evolution. At the Patriots, of, yep. And the Patriots is a genius, beautiful evolution of time over the last few decades. And I'm really impressed with people that are able to learn. Yeah, but he said that you were out because of your diminished his, physical skills. Well, and, and to a degree, once a football player plays – just about after about age 25, the average career is about 3.46 years. For the running back. 3.4, so three and a half years is the average career in the NFL. Yeah, and for a running back, the average career is about 3.11 years. So less than three and a half years for everybody. 
figure you come into the league at age 22. If you're one of the lucky less than 1% that even make it to the league um, by age 25, statistically, you're probably already out of the league. Well, you certainly pass your prime. And, and, and father time is getting. So by that definition, everybody's skills are always diminishing. So I don't disagree with that. Um, you have to evolve your game. Sure. By age 33, sure. 34, I had, and I talk about it openly in the book, um, I've had 20-some surgeries. I've had over 60-some broken bones. 15 concussions at least. I, well, and back then, concussions were unconscious. So, um, I so it didn't count, count as a concussion unless you were knocked unconscious. Well, I didn't count it as a concussion unless I could. Yeah, unless I was basically <laughs> asleep. And that's why towards the end of my career, um, I had little pockets uh, sewed in my pants that had the smelling salts and stuff. So really? that in between plays or uh, while you're on the ground, you got a little ammonia that kind of got your head back in because and for the younger kids out there listening or the younger parents, you absolutely wear mouthpiece. You absolutely learn the rules of heads up tackling. But you didn't wear a mouthpiece. In fact, the teeth used to get knocked out and you'd look around on the field and find your teeth. You were a tough guy. Bro. I, I've swallowed a few. I have a few in my my living room still today that I kept as souvenirs. Um, <laughs> some of the plates and screws that they put in. To, no the, way. To really? tie my uh, ankle and uh, broken ankle and tibula and fibula. Back you played together. with a broken ankle. Played with a broken ankle. Again, don't recommend that to the kids out there paying for it now at our age. That's why I'm uh, attuned to people limping. Me. And understand. <laughs> who needs certain types of therapy, uh, things of that nature. But it's it gave me a broad lesson of when you are able to look at yourself real honestly in the mirror and look, we all want to look at what we're good at. But when you really look at maybe what your limitations are or what some of your weaknesses are or what your issues are, and you can be honest with yourself, and it's really hard to do when you really get some of those answers back that you may not like, then I think that's the first step towards really getting better and fixing things. And I'm having fun kind of through my life. And again, the learning to scramble kind of, um, I don't talk a ton in that book about the good things that happen. Some of my biggest life lessons have been from the negative. So sometimes if you read the book, it may not look like a rosy, great life I've had. Man, I've been so blessed. I've had an amazing life. But the best life lessons I've learned sometimes have been in tough situations. And that's how I think... Yeah, you know, I've grown, and if I could get something across to other people, I think that's a good way to mature. I want to get to the uh, to, to some of those life lessons, but it must have been glorious during the winning years to be here in Cleveland, Bernie Kosar, because if if my wife's experience—I mean, not a football fan—but your fame and your uh, uh, your popularity was such that it expanded beyond football. It wasn't just. The football fans, you were part of the fabric of this community. You were part of the pride of Cleveland in a big, big way. What a, what a responsibility for you. Well, thank you. It, it, I try to make it out like it wasn't a responsibility. As you get older, it's somewhat a little easier. But at that time, I, I, I do feel the sense of responsibility. And I'm very proud of, I mean, even the... Um, giving back to the communities off the field, building the first weight room at Glenville High School, over a 1,000 kids that um, I've got into continuing education, whether it be high school, college. 
um, technical training, certifications. Um, those are the type of things that you could directly make a difference in people's lives. I mean, you look at the stuff you've done, the direct influences you're able to make. And when you're able to really appreciate how blessed we are, because at the end of the day, I'm going to be in my mid-50s, and I haven't, um, I haven't had to really mature and grow up. Wait, we have a special guest, uh, my wife Erica uh, here. Uh, uh, this is Bernie Kosar. Super fan. From what, the 80s. Do you, do you remember how the tune went? Bernie, Bernie. <laughs> oh, yeah. We oh. <laughs> Super you Bowl. A, you sing a lot better than me. <laughs> so what did, what, did Bernie, what did Bernie mean to you kids growing up? Oh, I remember my, my dad, my Uncle Kenny. He named his dog his uh, beautiful black lab after you, Bernie Kozar Levy. <laughs> and my dad, my brother Josh, we, we would all watch the Cleveland Browns and root for you and... And they cheer on, Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. <laughs> well, you're back in the Cleveland spirit. Yeah. I'm playing with your dogs here today. That's right. The <laughs> That's right. Kosar turns. He's back to throw. Play action pass. The home run ball for Brennan in the end zone. He got it for a touchdown. What a catch. What a throw. The author of Learning to Scramble, the legendary quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. He also played uh, briefly at Dallas and Miami. But it was those nine seasons right here in uh, Cleveland, where he really uh, made his mark on football history, a civic leader, uh, a, a guy who overcame some of his own uh, physical uh, shortcomings. For instance, he used to say that he ran the 40-yard dash in five and a half seconds, which is what a, a wide receiver runs. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit it backwards. <laughs> so he had to improvise and become a pocket, uh, pocket passer, but uh, the Browns have, uh, have not had that kind of uh, Bernie Kosar success since. Why not, Bernie? Uh, welcome back. Why not? Uh, what's wrong with the new Browns that they can't they can't win, or do you think that Baker Mayfield has changed their history? Well, first, uh, I wish I was embellishing or exaggerating on the five and a half second forty, <laughs> and sadly, that's factually correct. Uh, the The team struggling over a lot of people say the last few years. We're really talking about the last couple decades since the team's come back in '99. It's been extremely inconsistent and a constant. The, the one consistency has been in the consistency of change. And in change, you very rarely get consistent success. Um, all that being said, you could go past, and I don't like to overly dwell in the past. I do like to, like we were talking about, honestly assess what happened in the past, especially the negative things, so I could learn from them. But real quickly, do I like to learn from them and live in the present? And it's so easy to get, get worried about the future, dwell on the past, but living in the now. And right now, now that we've got to this point and Baker Mayfield 
Um, it's amazing in the NFL how your success or sadness is directly correlated to the play of your quarterback on Sunday at 1 o'clock between 1 and 4 o'clock. And I know he's a rookie. He's 23 years old. Um, we talked earlier about him working more with the Browns, and I'm not saying this to be politically right. Baker Mayfield has a special, special gift. And his yes, his leadership abilities, but his, his way of just making plays, it's special to watch. And building a team around your quarterback is the way to win in the NFL. Why didn't Johnny Manziel do that several years ago? We watched him in Texas A&M, and we thought uh, that uh, he was – Really, top of the heap, he was literally. Uh, the Browns drafted him. What happened? It, it, was it a bad fit? Was it the, the guy had a personality defect? Uh, was it the Browns' fault or Johnny's fault? I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but if you have a replay on that question, you asked me four or five possible scenarios to why that was uh, an issue, and yes would be the answer to each one of those questions you asked. It doesn't matter which one. Everybody was accountable in that. I am not trying to pick on the Browns. I'm not trying to pick on Johnny Manziel. He's had a tough journey of on-the-field issues, but um, I think personally off the field he's had those issues either, and I'm not sure how that's going. So I absolutely am not trying to pile on with him. But just what I said two minutes ago about Baker Mayfield and coming from Youngstown, Ohio, and the Stoops families and being close with them and them coaching um, Baker in college. And um, at Texas Tech, Kirby Holcutt was the athletic director who I'm familiar with as a trustee at the University of Miami. So I've known Baker, following him through the high school recruiting in the Texas days, through Texas Tech, through Oklahoma, with people I was, I was one of the guys wanting to draft him, love him as a quarterback. Now, I'm not... Let's not revisit this history because when Johnny came out, I was on the other side of the fence with that. I did not think it was a good match. Wasn't ready for him here in Cleveland. Unfortunately, that materialized and ended up being true. I don't, uh, I don't think it's fair to put Baker and Johnny in the same breath, although people do, because the watching Baker's work ethic, his focus, his upset, and I mean this is a compliment, but sometimes people don't look at obsessive and and holy focus but his obsessiveness to win is so beautiful to watch his focus to work and just solely focus on his team winning baker mayfield has that i'd like to think i had that johnny manziel i hope he finds it he, he i haven't seen him have that type of gift you talk about uh, on uh, field and off field uh, challenges you know i, I want to get to the rough time you've had in the business world, and you talk very frankly about your dad and your uh, your brother uh, in terms of uh, ha- the impact they had on your, your business life. Before I get there, though, I want to back up to the many injuries that you endured and uh, persisted in, in playing. Uh, Bernie Kosar, my guest, the, uh, the all-pro quarterback, the man who for nine great seasons uh, really helped the Browns, uh, the Cleveland Browns, uh, become a, a landmark institution here uh, here in uh, town, here in uh, Northeast Ohio. Really, uh, his fame went way beyond uh, the region, was, was national. Uh, but you talk about uh, how you played with no mouthpiece. You got your teeth knocked out. Uh, they were giving you painkillers and shooting you up with all kinds of stuff uh, to get over the various concussions. Uh, you had uh, 
uh, ammonia, you know, uh, uh, you know the, uh, uh, the where the smelling salts, smelling salts uh, they, they use uh, in the field to get your brain back in uh, in in action. Were you physically? Were all players physically exploited back in the day? Have things meaningfully uh, improved in terms of concussion and the and concern and care about the players? Well. I don't like the word exploited. I understand it. And I think from a standpoint of, of again, looking back at history, just like, te- look at, just like technology and cell phones and the Internet is so predominant in our life in 2018, in the mid-'80s, we didn't have a cell phones. In the late-'80s, they were the size of a shoebox, you know, and the, the receptions were so bad. Well, the same in medicine. Just today what we're talking about with concussions and the research with CTE. Forget when I played, they didn't even know about it. Just 10 years ago in 2007, 2008, I still remember not being able to articulate to anybody who cared that this was going on in my life, that I'm looking okay, but you know, I haven't slept for three days. Uh, my head constantly is ringing. I hear uh, it's complete bells 24-7, 365. Um, you're tired, but you can't sleep. Um, you're, you're exercising, and you're trying to work out, and you're not drinking, yet you're throwing up. Um, you're, you're not you're, um, going to the doctor, and you're coming out of a doctor's office, and you can't walk a straight line. Um, let alone if you then go out and then have a couple drinks, it exponentially um, takes you in a a direction you're not familiar with. Those type of things um, are we're just getting to learn now, and we're just scratching the surface. Back in the 80s, I don't blame the doctors. I wanted to be out there. I wanted to play. I wanted to win the game. I was there to win a football game at all costs. Tell us about the shots that you got, uh, the doctor-administered or coach-administered uh, uh, injections. You got Bernie Kosar learning to scramble the book. The uh, all-pro quarterback is sharing uh, uh, some of his uh, the details, good and bad, of his professional and personal life. What about uh, getting shot up by well, the doctor? again, for the younger kids today, don't do it. But back then, I don't blame the doctors. I don't blame the team because that is what we did. What did, what did they do? What did they shoot so, you up with? Take like the, and again, we are talking about physical therapy today. Now, there are different shots today that are vitamin-induced, um, oxygen, uh, that are newer techniques that are on the holistic and wellness side of it that increase healing. Back in those days, the shots were to block pain. So it didn't increase healing. It just told – it just – tried to block and numb the area so you didn't know you were doing further da- damage to it so you could play in the game. I, I had a heck out of situation in college um, early in my career. Uh, you know, I broke, I broke my fingers on my left hand, though. I throw right-handed, so I just figured I didn't need my left hand. Doctor wanted to shoot it up to numb it up, shoots it in the top of my hand to numb a couple fingers, got a little aggressive because the, the needle is about a one-foot needle and they have to sh- put in the bone and shake it around. It's very unpleasant. Um, but he hit a nerve, so I played the game. I didn't feel not only my left hand, I didn't feel my left arm. And by the halftime, I didn't feel the left side of my body. So you're trying to play football and you hit a nerve. Uh, really, really don't recommend doing that. Um, the, the worst pain, though, was 
breaking the ankle, breaking the foot. The all-time worst shot is the that one-foot needle that goes into the bottom of your foot, oh. into the plantar's oh. fascia. Now, oh. I remember me and Brian Brennan. Brennan's still here in town. Um, don't with Erica here from the last segment <laughs> yeah. and the ladies out there listening. I want everybody to think of my toughness and testosterone and macho-ness. But the teardrops, the crocodile tears that come from your eyes when you get the shot underneath the bottom. Those who aren't crocodiles, those who are real, you have brother. To shake it around. That's the reality. He's a hero. He's but, a- but at the end of the day, that that has that type of I don't know in a demented way that resiliency and focus to win, and then the ability then to go out there in extreme duress and generally win a football game on a national stage. That type of confidence and and I'm a big believer in self confidence and self esteem, which I hope comes out in my book. And I really try hard with my kids and the younger generation to kind of that confidence and self-esteem that I now have because of things like that, trying to get that into the younger generation. I really believe that's a good way towards success. Lozar looking deep at Slaughter. Downfield, Fontenot's open. Herman Fontenot takes it in, and it's a 7-6 to game. My guest, Bernie Kozar, the all-pro quarterback, learning to scramble is his book still available. Uh, it tells a vivid story of a... Uh, of a young man growing up in Youngstown, Ohio, goes to the University of Miami, wins the national championship, nearly wins a second one the next year, comes to Cleveland and gave the Browns uh, nine great seasons. Uh, he said in the last segment when they generally won. Yes, they generally won. Uh, what a concept. We're uh, seeing inklings of it now in the Baker Mayfield uh, uh, era, but uh, we welcome this great champion, Bernie Kosar, to our program uh, special edition. So what is your uh, fondest memory as a, as a Brown? Is it when you beat the Jets in overtime? You know, one of the great, that's one of the great questions. I, I act like I don't like it, but I really deep down the, the little boy in you does. It's a tough question to answer. I've been, God's blessed me so much that I've been in so many great games. You know, the, yeah, the Jets, the Jets double overtime game to, to win a playoff game in Cleveland for the first time, one of the longest games ever had couple NFL records um, and playoff rec- NFL playoff records for quite a few decades. Um, but, you know, winning a national championship, at, uh, getting the Super Bowl ring, uh, winning the NFC championship game at the end in Dallas. Um, but for a boy from Youngstown, Ohio, where 50% of Youngstown roots for the Steelers, 50% roots for the Cleveland Browns. Um, when I was a kid, it was a similar horrific streak of the Cleveland Browns had never won, I think, 17 or 18 straight games in the old Three Rivers Stadium. So it was the Three Rivers Jinx. Now it's Heinz Field. Browns are having similar lack of success. But we were 0 in like 17, 18. For me to be the to graduate high school in 1982, to get a national championship in 83, and then by 1986, I'm in my second year with the Cleveland Browns, and I'm playing at Three River Stadium, and to beat them and break that streak, and for the first time ever, win a game in Pittsburgh and be the kid that was basically just in high school watching Franco Harris and Terry Bradshaw and those guys four years earlier. The Immaculate Reception. Yeah, and to be able to come and be a part of that, uh, God's just truly blessed me. But in other ways, uh, you have been uh, cursed. Uh, you, you, you know, I hate to bring it up, but you were in business with your dad, and it just seemed like uh, – is your dad still alive? I know he was the mayor yes. of uh, – what town? Not Canton. But, he, was uh, the ma- uh, he was the mayor of Canfield. Canfield, Canfield Ohio. 
Uh, it, it sounded to me like your dad took advantage of you to the tune of uh, maybe tens of millions of dollars and to the extent that it forced you into bankruptcy uh, in uh, 2009. So it's not so long ago. Uh, uh, how did you pick yourself up from that rubble? And what's your relationship with your dad and your family now? Uh, the relationship's fine. I, I love my family. I mean, that's kind of why this materialized. And I, I, don't, I talk about it some in the book. Uh, but the point and the life lesson I got out of it was that, and I'm, I'm super proud of this, was that I'm having such a cool life. I'm having so much fun. I mean, my dad, when we had a job growing up, making 20 grand, 18 grand uh, a year, 1500 a month, that was kind of the salaries. I thought, my man, dad too. if yeah. I made, I thought, wow, if I can make 40000 I'll be rich. You know, so my goal, you know, is to try to do better than your dad and do a little more. And man, I'll be, I'll be rich. All of a sudden, just like talking about the the mills were closing in like 78, 79, 80. Um, That's only six years removed from the story. I'm talking about beating the Steelers in the Three River Jinx. That six year cycle of how many things happened and transpired. I'm thinking to myself, like, God has blessed me so much. I'm having so many cool experiences Family, sometimes people. I'm not trying to pick on, and again, this is not to pick on my dad or brother or people, but sometimes people in general, if you're having success, yeah, they say they're happy for you, but you feel bad because they're not having as fun. They have some challenges. They may not, they don't have jobs. They don't have the lifestyle you're having. They're not having the experiences you're having. And as a brainwashed Catholic boy growing up in Youngstown, uh, you want everybody to enjoy what you're enjoying. So I'm actually, uh, you know, you're more than welcome to ask about it. It's not a negative thing to me. I'm actually super proud that I was able to give them these experiences. Let them your have, father and your brother. Yeah, my brother and my family. Do you them. speak to them at uh, yeah. Thanksgiving and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, we're all within the areas here. And, uh, you know, my brother's son had a fantastic career. Is your dad mad at you for bringing it up in the book? Well, you know, the, the, the people like to hear about it. No, of course not. But at the end of the day, that's only a small sampling of it. And I didn't put it in there to throw digs. But these are life lessons that... So many athletes, so many younger people that I know that are currently going through this now. Um, when somebody, I didn't grow up in like in Section 8 housing, but we were lower demographics and the mills were closed. By definition, that's not having a job. And you're trying to get better and do the right things to help people out. And I wanted them all to have those experiences. So I've, I'm, st- I'm having a lot of cool fun things going on in my life i wanted them to experience but you're still working you're still struggling now because of uh, because of that well i say that so that i don't have to you know my phone would open up if i said i'm doing good right here on the show <laughs> and i said i'm getting back i would immediately go i have a hard time saying no Gerardo. and when i when people know you're doing good and people know you have excess uh, money that uh, they the phone starts ringing. Well, keep your I- hands in your pocket. Don't uh, don't keep giving it out. Bernie Kozar is my very special guest. I'm, I'm going to wrap up. Learning to Scramble is the book, how he fought back uh, from, uh, you know, not only his injuries to be a football champion, but also later in life as a, as a very, very successful person, uh, having to endure money, draining away, giving much too generous to people he trusted much too much. 
But he's fought back, and he's back, and he's a big, uh, big figure, public figure in the community now. I'm delighted and proud that uh, we're neighbors. Can you wrap it up? Recently, we said goodbye to George Herbert Walker Bush and the Bush family, uh, George W. and Jeb, uh, who was the governor of Florida, as you noted, uh, obviously played a big role. I saw pictures, though, Bernie Kosar, of you with the uh, with the late president and with the former president. Uh, what's the connection with the Bush family? Well, the the Bush family, it was interesting, too. 1983, graduated high school down at the University of Miami, Jeb Bush, uh, introduces himself to me and says, hey, my dad's going to be running for vice president uh, with a guy, Ronald Reagan, uh, who's going to run for president. We're on Key Biscayne, Florida, do a little parade with, with everybody. And lo and behold, that was kind of the impetus to start getting to know each other. I uh, then get uh, President Reagan is elected. Uh, Bush 41 is the vice president. God bless them. But they were so uh, nice to me and both huge sports fans. So to be able to have them at the house, to be able to go to the Oval Office, to be able to be at the White House, to, you know, when you're tired, be able to let them uh, show me the Lincoln bedroom to take a little nap before the dinners. Uh, I I didn't take that for granted back then, and I'm so happy that I kind of cherished the times and to keep those relationships over four decades. Um, and just God bless them. And I know like, whether you're a D or an R, um, wherever you fall on the spectrum of, of politics. At the end of the day, we have an amazing country, uh, the United States of America. Yeah, it's not perfect, but wow, is it better than so many other places in this world. And to have the honor of the presence of the United States, um, again, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, like you, wants you, respect you, get a chance to hang out with them. That's truly God's blessing. And, and finally, the final uh, thought, uh, Bernie Kosar, uh, what does Cleveland mean to you? Cleveland means it, it's the impetus of what I think hope resonates within me of of hard work and love and support for each other. Um, the giving back, um, the abilities, like some of the stuff we were talking about in health and wellness now, and uh, from a personal standpoint, and then from a business standpoint, growing our economy uh, to see our, our next generation grow up and take us to the next level. Are you optimistic? Yes, I am. Bernie Kozar, thank you so much. Thanks, Rob. Bernie Kozar, thank you very much. This has been Roadkill. I'm Geraldo Rivera reporting. Roadkill with Geraldo Rivera. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.